guys to another episode of the full corporate sports show hope you guys are doing well man that was almost the second time i did that so i did that um <laughs> wow okay so i almost did that it's a little backstory i almost did that in my um patriots episode where i almost were actually i had to restart my intro because i started out by saying this show instead of the other one and then i almost just started out this show doing that same thing except calling it the other show instead of this one so i don't know why i keep doing that that's never happened before that's really really weird but um, i hope you guys had a good christmas just like i said on my other show um i don't know how many people watched it but um yeah i hope you guys had a good christmas and have a happy new year coming up as well in just a couple days Man, okay, so we got some stuff to talk about today, but uh, before we get into that, please make sure to leave a rating review of the pod wherever you get your podcast, that would be much appreciated, as well as just kind of sharing it around, because it kind of helps let me know if you guys enjoy it, um, as well as just kind of getting the episodes out there, kind of helps, I guess, I don't really know what it does, I guess it kind of just distributes it, kind of gets it more, like, to more people, kind of like recommends it more, I guess that's kind of the algorithm, so... Hope you guys are doing well again, and uh, let's get into today's episode, and this should be good. So actually, the first thing we have to get into here is, I guess, this kind of injury and COVID-related things. I mean, that's been kind of the thing these past couple weeks, I suppose. Um, Has this really been COVID-related, like, you know, COVID-related spot Phillips on the um on the reserve list and uh yeah so i guess the first thing here is gonna be with the colts and they go up against the raiders this weekend they're gonna be getting darius leonard back linebacker receiver zach pascal and safety Kerry willis who's all been activated off the reserve covid list so they all went on i believe at the same time i think darius leonard i think he might have went on oh what was it a day or two before Zach Pascal, I, th- I think, I don't know, I, I know it was around the same time, uh, and then, yeah, so he's been, you know, he'll be back after being absent Christmas Day over the Cardinals, um, and then, you know, they're going to be trying to clinch a playoff berth as well with a victory, so that's a really huge, um, a really huge player to get back, especially when you're trying to make a run, you know, and they're also on the brink of possibly being out too, so, or not not being out, but, you know, getting, at least trying to get a spot, I suppose. So, yeah, the modified COVID-19 protocols have been updated with the CDC's kind of change in it all. They, you know, they're cutting it down from the standard 10 days to, I believe it's five days now, no matter what the vaccine status is. So I guess they say that, you know, they're changing it because they say that it's the three days before you get they say that the worst is the three days before you're officially been confirmed vaccine or confirmed positive, and then it's the three days after that. I believe is what they said. So that's why they believe that five days is okay. Um, which means that players could come back in a week, where no matter what your vaccine status is, you could come back within a week, no matter what. Um, Depending on how bad it is, I suppose, also, that, that really kind of depends, too. Because, I, I mean, I've heard some players who, were, you know, where they, they're they young people, and then they ended up getting COVID, and then they actually had some complications with it. And I believe that hasn't happened since last year, but still, it can happen. So, 
And then we kind of move on to, yeah, Carson Wentz. He's still on the Colts, you know, reserve COVID list. I guess it's probably like the biggest name at this point for the Colts. So that could be a big factor in it too on their game. I mean, I don't think the Raiders are an awful team. They're certainly not a team you can just completely write off right away. Um, but they're, they're not the same as they were also beginning of the year, just like a lot of teams, uh, a couple other teams. And then just kind of other injuries slash COVID-related you know, news is, I guess the first thing here for this list is the Ravens activating quarterback Tyler Huntley, defensive tackle Justin M- Madubiki. I've heard people say his name before. I can't, I can't really pronounce his name that well. Justin M- Madweek, I don't know, something like that. Safety, Tony Jefferson. I'm usually pretty good with names, but his name is actually kind of hard. Uh, safety, Tony Jefferson, all from the reserve COVID list. I think they were all placed at the same time. I think a lot of these players are since, or have been since the, kind of little mini outbreak kind of happened. I guess not mini anymore. It's been kind of big. It started out with a couple teams and it's just kind of went off since uh, from there. Bills activated offensive lineman Cody Ford, <clears throat> cornerback Cam Lewis. <clears throat> Excuse me. But uh, Cody Ford, cornerback Cam Lewis from the reserve COVID list and tight end Quentin Morris from the reserve uh, practice squad reserve COVID list. Panthers added safety Kenny Robinson, defensive end Daryl Johnson. Let me just move this microphone out of the way a little bit. I apologize. There we go. Okay. Uh, where was I? Defensive end Daryl Johnson and practice squad running back Reggie Bonifon to the COVID-19 list and activated cornerback Rashawn Melvin from the list as well. Bronze activated defensive tackle Jordan Elliott, kicker Chase McLaughlin, cornerback Greg Newsom the second, and center J.C. Treader from the reserve COVID list. I believe the Browns too. Let me check. I believe the Browns are. I get yeah, they are able to make the playoffs. So those are big names, bring you know coming back as well. I know a lot of teams lost big names. Um, I think recently the Patriots too. They'll probably be on here, but I believe they lost. For now, they lost Jerwan Bentley and Matthew Judon, which are really huge defensive players for that team. I heard they could possibly come back. I don't know if they were. I know most of the Patriots team was vaccinated. I don't know if those two specifically were. But um, I'm just going off assumption because of that. I really don't know. I can't confirm that, though. Uh, I guess we'll see based on this list um, if they still have it or not. Jaguars placed offensive lineman Will Richardson, the junior, with a finger on injured reserve. Safety Andrew Wingard on the reserve COVID list. And running back BJ Emmons on the practice squad COVID list. I, and I kind of wanted to cut in here too. I think, another, you know, I think how you know that this whole COVID outbreak is bad is when you know, like how you know it's bad is because, is because this reserve list is supposed to be for like actual like injuries and stuff. And it's been more COVID-related than injury. Like, this guy with a finger, um, who did I touch on? Will Richardson for the Jags. You barely actually see injury-related. It's because of COVID. That's the that's the bad part. Um, but, yeah, Andrew Wingard, COVID list, and BJ Emmons on the practice squad, COVID list, uh, their version of it anyway. Vikings placed linebacker Nick, Vi- uh, Nick Vigil on the COVID list. Jets activated guard Elijah, Elijah Vera Tucker, 
rookie offensive lineman Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, defensive end John Franklin Myers, and safety Ashton Davis from the reserve COVID list. Eagles replacing linebacker Sean Bradley on the reserve COVID list. Steelers activated linebacker Marcus Allen from the reserve COVID list and placed corner Arthur Mullet on the list. Washington football team placed offensive lineman Samuel Cosme and quarterback Kyle Shermer on the reserve COVID list. Defensive end Nate Orchard and guard Zach Bailey were activated from the list. And there's kind of different roster moves that were kind of switched around um, based on maybe COVID or just other things maybe possibly related. Bills are releasing running back Antonio Williams from the practice squad. Panthers elevated tight end Steven Sullivan to the 53-man roster as a COVID replacement and signed signed quarterback Jordan Tayamu and cornerback Tay Hayes to the practice squad. Browns wave defensive tackle Josiah Bronson and and release kicker Chris Nagar, 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 I think it is from the practice squad. Jets release safety Elijah Benton and receiver Isaiah Zuber from the practice squad. I believe that was also a Patriot player at 1.2. Steelers signed receiver Darius Shepard to the practice squad. And I don't know if these are all because of COVID replacements. I believe it would say that if it was, so probably not. But that'll do it for, I guess, kind of just the injuries slash COVID-related issues going on in the league. A lot of guys are coming back, and there'll probably be more added, so we'll just have to wait and see. Um, Moving on to our next thing is going to be with Big Ben. So we did recently, although I don't know how recent, I know it was maybe a couple episodes ago we talked about how Big Ben, it was probably like last week or two weeks ago that we talked about Big Ben saying that this was going to be his last season, which is kind of coming late because normally that's something you say before the season, just to kind of like, but it's probably something that he believed this whole time, but it's not something that he made public until only a couple weeks ago. Let's see, we're on week 17 now. So I think he made that public back in like week 13, week 14. I believe it was something like that. Week 12, week 11. So I don't know, something like that. Uh, he didn't make a public till very late. So we're actually, we actually didn't find out that long ago that he was going to basically be done. And this is kind of moving towards that even more. Basically him saying that all signs are pointing to this Monday night football game being his last regular season home game. Um, which is kind of sad to think about. I mean, we're looking at the end of a generation here. I mean, and I guess it's probably even more sadder for people like me who have grew up watching a lot of these guys. Of course, a lot of them, their, you know, their career started kind of before we really got into football. But, I mean, we basically grew up watching a lot of these guys. You know, a lot of these guys are in, you know, Big Ben, Tom Brady. They're all in, basically in the same generation of player and quarterback. So, it's kind of sad for people like me just because we grew up watching a lot of these players. And we're, you can really tell when, you know, things like this happen. This is how you know it's real. Like a lot, Like, a lot of times – you see all these new generation quarterbacks coming in and we, we just don't believe that this is going to be like the end of it. Like this is like, we're moving into a new generation. It's kind of hard to believe it. But then when we see stuff like this, it's really like kind of hard not to believe it just because it's like, yeah, that's coming. Like these guys are getting old and it's, you could tell it's a new generation now. And this upcoming NFL draft, you expect the Steelers to possibly draft a quarterback. Um, Maybe they should have before, just so that way could learn underneath Big Ben a little bit. I don't really know. 
But uh, yeah, so kind of going back to the article, Big Ben again preparing for Monday night to possibly put, probably be his last regular season home game at Heinz Field, at least Monday night football as well. So against the Cleveland Browns. Um, let's see, is this something? Yeah, Big Ben was in an interview Thursday, kind of goes on to say this, saying, quote, actually today, saying, quote, I don't ever speak in def- definities or definites, excuse me, or guarantees. That's not what I've ever done or who I am. But looking at the bigger picture, I would say all signs are pointing this that this possibly could be it, uh, that this regular season is it. I know we still have a chance to potentially get a playoff game where there are things fall our way and we take care of business and things have to happen. But in the grand scheme of things, in terms of regular seasons, signs are pointing that way this could be it, uh, end quote. So, yeah, obviously not guaranteeing it, not 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 saying it's official, but this could be possibly his final Monday night football game, saying that if things kind of stay the way they are, which he expects it to, but if it does, it probably will be. He's just saying in the – just speaking from a bigger picture, you know, you don't want to sugarcoat it. You don't want to make yourself believe something that, you know, isn't really true. You know, if you know, and you can kind of tell that, and I mean, even though he didn't give it, make it public um, until, like I said, week 12 or 13, although he didn't make it public till then, it was pretty easy to kind of tell um, that it was going to be coming just because you kind of saw the way it was in the preseason form. You kind of saw the way or in the, in the, in the off season, you kind of tell you could kind of tell the way it was kind of leaning towards that. I mean, you kind of tell his his behavior, the way he was, just the way he was overall, the way he was acting. Um, you could kind of just see it coming, and I, I guess it wasn't something I really honestly believed. It's something I was thinking about, but it wasn't something I completely believed. And then when he finally said it, I guess it just still kind of surprised me because it did officially become reality then. Like, yeah, I, I mean, I, something I maybe saw coming, but I didn't think he was actually going to say it. Um, it was like one of those types of things. And so, but again, I mean, it all kind of really, all signs really kind of seem like they're pointing that way. I mean, currently they're seven and seven and one. They got to beat this Browns team. Mathematically, they do still have a chance. Again, they need things to happen. They need divisional losses so they can potentially move up. Um, they just maybe really need to win out and, it really hasn't been all that great of a season for them. I mean, their their offense has just been, you know, mediocre at best. I would say when they're at their best, it's only mediocre. It hasn't been that fantastic. And their defense, I would say, I would argue their defense has been better than their offense. I mean, maybe at times it's a little bit shifty, but I mean, I would say overall their defense is a lot better. Although their defense is really kind of, um, I guess their defense really has been kind of has been kind of at fault too. I mean, you would think with the type of defense they have that they would be so dominant, but it just hasn't been that at all. And I guess that offense kind of the same way. I mean, maybe it is Big Ben. I mean, maybe it is just that shift that they need. You know, he really just isn't it anymore. And I remember when he was just that guy you were afraid of. And now you face Big Ben, you're like who is this guy so I mean it is definitely definitely weird to see in that sense just because I'm so used to seeing a dominant big man and he still can be I just don't think he can do that anymore um and maybe he could do it one last game but I wouldn't say he can go all out and just do it again 
Um, but I would say overall, their whole just the whole season as a and as a and like in general, I would probably say it's been their defense mostly. Um, that's been the best. I would say if they had like a best of anything, it's pro. I would probably point it more to their defense, even though they've had a lot of defensive injuries and there's also just uh, just going along with the offensive struggles. It just hasn't really been there this season. And it's really kind of unfortunate because I remember the Steelers just a couple seasons ago being so dominant. And they were just that team right up there with New England, Kansas City, Baltimore. All those teams were up there. So, yeah, I don't know. But, I mean, again, this is something we expected. So, hopefully Big Ben can win it out and potentially see a playoff game. Maybe at home, probably not. It's probably going to be away. Um, Their best is a wild card spot. So, We'll just have to kind of wait and see. Um, And then moving on to our next thing here is going to be with tight end Kyle Pitts, which it does feel really weird to say that because he does not look like a tight end. He looks like a receiver. And that's just the weird part about Kyle Pitts is, is the fact that he's labeled as a tight end, but he looks like a receiver. He doesn't look like a tight end. He looks like a receiver. He's not built like a tight end. He's built like a receiver. So it's super weird, but that's what he is. Um, but the, the reason why Kyle Pitts is kind of in here is because he's on pace to be breaking Micah Dit- Mike Ditka's rookie tight end record. Yes, Kyle Pitts is on pace to do so. He is. He's on. He's already breaked. He's already broken. Excuse me. Hall of Fame tight end Tony Gonzalez's mark for most yards by a tight end in franchise history. Kyle Pitts currently just needs 11 yards to pass Julio Jones, who broke that in 2011 for most receiving yards by a rookie in Falcons history. Then Kyle Pitts will be moving on to bigger marks, marks trying to pass Mike Ditka, who broke it in 1961 as the only rookie tight end with 1,000-plus receiving yards in NFL history. Kyle Pitts currently needs just 128 receiving yards, over the final two weeks to break Ditka's record of 1,076 in 14 games. Uh, via the athletic, Kyle Pitts goes on to say, quote, I have never thought of 1,000 yards. That's a lot of yards. Always striving to be the best, but I would but I would have thought 1,000 would be a little tough, end quote. And now he's right on, basically right on the brink of it. So, again, it kind of goes back to me saying that tight end thing. He really doesn't look like a normally tight ends. You would say they probably won't get that because they're just more of a blocking type position, but he looks more like a receiver and he plays more like a receiver. So it's something I could see him doing. 128 is a lot of yards. Um, I believe he can probably do it. Let's, oh, excuse me. Let's take a look at, I am very curious. Let's look at the Falcons. Um, final two games here. I'm just kind of curious to see. So yeah, they do get, oh yeah, they get Buffalo. That's right. They get Buffalo. Buffalo may lock Kyle Pitts down. Buffalo's got a great defense. I, again, this is that type of game where I, I, I think I said on the last pod episode that I did that if the, because the Patriots need the Bills to lose to get that number, to get that number one spot back in the AFC East. And this is the game, I think, because they get the Jets next, this would be the game. This is their basically their last hope. I mean, they would need the Falcons to win. They would need they would need this is the only team that they could probably that could do it out of their last couple games. Cause the um 
the Jets aren't gonna the Jets aren't gonna break the or beat the Jets. The Jets aren't gonna beat the Bills. Sorry, it, it'd have to be the Falcons. Um, but yeah, so the Falcons get the Bills. It's gonna be tough for Kyle Pitts to. I, I could see him getting a lot though. They're probably gonna go to Pitts a lot in this game, definitely for sure. Um, but yeah, let's peek. Take a look at their upcoming. Just their last couple games here. So. Yeah, then it, it, it ends with the Bills and or yeah the it ends with the Bills and the Saints are the last two games. So they get the Bills this week and then they get the Saints next week. It's very well possible this isn't the same Saints team either that we're used to seeing that we've seen earlier this year who completely went off. So I mean yeah it's possible, but it's gonna take a lot against this Bills team. I I don't really know how much he gets he gets against this Bills team. It really just kind of depends on how many targets he, he gets. I mean, if he gets completely locked up, he may not even see that many that many receptions. I really don't know. Um, but I hope he can get it because he's just he can be he's gonna be a special player in this league for sure. Uh, and then kind of moving on to our next topic here is gonna be with Aaron Rodgers. Another potential retirement thing. So we could be looking at the same thing here like we did with Big Ben. Um who basically went on to say again, Big Ben kind of just said that, you know, when you know MNF probably the last Monday night football game of his career, if all signs are kind of pointing to that, Aaron Rodgers basically kind of said the same thing, except without the Monday night football thing. He kind of just basically said that he wouldn't rule it out that 2021 could be his final season and could retire after this. So um Aaron Rodgers, though, I mean there is a little bit difference with him. I think he still has it. I think he still can do it, but I think it wouldn't be a very big shocker to me to think that it could be because of his injuries too. Definitely maybe catching up to him. I did say, um, not on this podcast, but I believe, I think I, maybe I have, but I also think I've just said in general back when he got those two collarbone breaks back to back like that, I did kind of say at that time that I wouldn't be shocked that when he gets to his third, you know, really, really late thirties, you know, cause he did that back when he was like 34, 35. Um, I did say in his late thirties, you know, maybe 37, 38, 39, that he was probably going to start feeling these injuries because of his age, you know, because of the age at the time and just, just the, the brutality that is football. Um, and now we're at that point where he's 39 and I really wouldn't be shocked if he, or 37, 38, I wouldn't be shocked if he's feeling it. And of course, he's also got that broken toe. He's older, so they might not heal as quick as it, it. It'll heal. It just won't quick as, you know, heal as quickly as he needs it to and would like it to. And it might, he might not come back the same, um, especially because he's not really the same rushers where, you know, we used to see just going out of the pocket all the time. He's more of a pocket now, but um. Yeah, so I mean, with, it, there's a difference with here in Big Ben and Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, I think Rodgers still has, you know, he still is showing signs of being able to do it. And I think that is where, you know, because I think with Brady, too, we've talked about it before with Brady, where it's like you, he, he doesn't, you know, he loves the game so much where he doesn't want to do it. Like he doesn't want to end. He wants to find that balance. He doesn't want to end it too quickly because then he feels like he could still do it. But then he doesn't want to end it too soon. He doesn't want to end it too soon because then he feels because like he, he still wants to play, but he doesn't want to end it too late because then he doesn't want to he doesn't want to look like he sucks. And I think that's kind of the same thing here with Aaron Rodgers is he looks like he could still do it. And 
I guess it really kind of just depends on his body. I mean, it really, at the end of the day, that's what it, that's what it will come down to. That's what it always comes down to. It always comes down to the body. Can he, does he still believe he can do it? It is a commitment to play this game. It always was before, but especially now with playing 18 games, you know, out of a, out of 17, 18 game week, out of a 17, 18 week season, it's even, it was more, it was a commitment back at 16 games. You know, out of 17 weeks playing 16 games, now you're out of 17 weeks playing 18 games. So, or whatever the case is, whatever it is, playing 18 weeks. So, I mean, it's a big commitment. And, like, it's always been bigger than ever. And, you know, there's a lot that put that's put on your body, no matter how much protecting the quarterback there is. When you've put so much beat on your body like Rodgers has, has had in the past, none of this is really going to stop that. I mean, it's just going to come naturally. And, um... This current season, he's ranking 10th in passing yards at 3,689, but is, and has a, his, excuse me, I can't speak. His touchdown interception ratio is 33 to four. So, I mean, stats argue he can still do it and you could see it in his game. He can still play. And that's the big difference here with him and Aaron Rodgers or him and Big Ben is Big Ben. You can kind of see the slow. You could kind of tell he's not there. You could tell that this is probably his last year. Aaron Rodgers, you wouldn't guess that. He still looks fantastic. And I believe you kind of bring that same concept up with that you talk about with Brady, you know, is he doing it too soon? I think he could still play. And I think if he were to retire, he'd probably just come right back because he still feels like he can do it. Um, his mind wouldn't be made up completely about not being about playing. And, you know, if you were, if, you, if he retires at the end of the season, you're going to be turning to Jordan Love, at least for the moment. Um, and then you'd have Kurt, Ben Kurt also behind him who's also on the 53-man roster, I believe. Uh, I think he got activated a couple weeks ago. But, yeah, I mean, I still feel like he would just be retiring too early. I think it's just – I think it's a bad move to do it right now. Maybe give it another season. I don't know. He's going to have a lot to think about, though. So we'll have to just wait and see. Let me know what you guys think about this. Do you guys think he retires? I really don't think he should. I think he can do whatever he wants. He really doesn't need the money. But I think he'd be retiring too soon. I think he'd – miss the game too much if he did it because he I still believe deep down for him he's still gonna think I can do this because you see him this season and um I can understand with Big Ben though like I said I could with Big Ben I can understand with Aaron Rodgers though he's he can still do it but again it's really gonna depend on his body and we'll just have to wait and see so let me know what you guys think I am definitely curious to know um your guys's thoughts and if he still if you if you think he'll go or not like, I mean, we saw what happened in the offseason, so, and he's set to hit free agent markets, so we'll have to wait and see. I don't know. But uh, anyway, moving on to our next thing here is just kind of something quick is with Jimmy Garoppolo, who is, who ended up getting a thumb injury, I believe it was, might have been last week or maybe just a one that was kind of bothering him already, but uh, he's expected to start versus the Texans this week and is reportedly not needing surgery on his thumb that he injured. So that is a good sign for him. He will not be requiring a grade three UCL sprain of his thumb. Surgery won't be required for it. Kyle Shanahan did say Wednesday noted that Jimmy Garoppolo could potentially start Sunday's game against the Texans at home. And um, yeah, that's just really good signs overall because obviously they still have a shot at the playoffs. And I think that they're going to be a team to fear going down the stretch here. So Anyway, guys, though, let's actually take a break. When we come back, we will kind of continue the news and 
potentially finish up the episode. We might still have too much, though. Oh, yeah, we'll be back. All right, guys, welcome back from the break. Sorry as well. Um, I was kind of noticed it just before the episode or kind of before I cut it off. I don't know if my thing is echoing a little bit. I do apologize if you guys do end up hearing that. I, I don't know why it's doing that. I'm trying to figure out different ways. I'm sorry if you guys can hear me moving it around. I'm just trying to figure out um, different areas to put it because I don't know why it's doing that. Um, Maybe if I put it further away, I guess. I don't know. I didn't do that before. Let me know if you guys hear it again, though, in this part of the segment. Um, I'm going to try and get rid of that, though. Let me, I'm going to maybe keep testing it out after I'm done recording here. But, um, yeah, welcome back from the break. So we just got done talking about Aaron Rodgers and his potential retirement. Again, just overall, though, kind of what I wanted to just end, you know, end it off on. Not too much else to say. I kind of touched on basically the whole thing. But, yeah, I mean, again, just to kind of end it off, I really don't think he should retire. I, I think... Again, if you compare him to, to Big Ben, you obviously see the differences. Big Ben, you can kind of tell that it's the end of his career. Aaron Rodgers, with the type of performance he's having this season, the type of play that he's on, especially with a broken toe. I mean, are you kidding? To even have that type of performance throughout all these weeks with a broken toe and you're still doing this at 38, 39, you should still be able to play. And I, I, just, I guess I just fear with him that he's such a special player that would hate for him to have to retire too early because he he retired too early and he he wanted to come back. I think instead of that, I think you just keep playing. And if you do think you're just falling off a little bit, then maybe just finish out that year, then retire. Um, I know that wouldn't be a very good way to go, but I mean, he they're still doing it. I mean, this current Packer team, I believe they're sitting at twelve and three on the year. Um, they already clinched playoffs, and also they're their division already so i mean they're already a lock for the playoffs no matter what happens going down the stretch here so i mean that's good to have security and um i i'm just afraid of him retiring too early i, I just think he's too special of a player no matter how much he's pissed off me from beating the patriots i i don't care he's a good player um you know and i don't know i i, I just i really want to see him do really well I guess we also ended it off technically last with Jimmy Garoppolo's thumb injury that won't need surgery. I forgot about that. Technically, that's what we lasted off on. I just kind of wanted to touch on that, though. But, yeah, to recap, Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't need surgery on his thumb um, that he ended up hurting and that he could potentially start against the Texans this upcoming week. Moving on to the next thing here is going to be with the Carolina Panthers and with the struggle. I also brought up Cam Newton's stats because I wanted to kind of give you guys some context as to why they're starting Sam Darnold. But yeah, so Sam Darnold, as you guys know, got traded there. They eventually they they bring back Cam Newton, you know, about second half of the year. Um, and Cam Newton really hasn't done that well. Uh, he had that really good first game coming back and that's really about it. I mean, it really hasn't been all that special. Cam Newton was benched a couple times out of these couple out of these weeks that he's been back a couple times. And now Sam Darnold's expected to start. So he's starting expected to start this week, week 17 against the Saints. Um after Cam Newton's just bad performance since coming back. I mean again since that very first game, just after that he's been really, really bad. So yeah, Matt Rule, Panthers head coach, announced Wednesday that Darnold would be getting the start against the Saints over Cam Newton. They've been they're four and five in nine Darnold starts this weekend. Last week, quarterback 
Last week, quarterback Sam Darnold did return from the IR after playing 44 snaps in the 32-6 loss to Tampa. Rule seesawed between Darnold and Newton between that time. Um, but another reason why we haven't seen Sam, you know, Cam, or Sam Darnold and rather brought in Cam Newton is because Darnold did get hurt back in week nine from a shoulder injury, and he is back. So Newton, again, is heading to the bench after signing in Carolina following Darnold's injury. Um, started back in week 10. That was his first game back. They've lost all five games since Cam Newton started, so they've been 0-5, including week 16 as well. Matt Rule noted that Newton, quote, will be ready if needed um, in place of Sam Darnold if that you know shoulder maybe still needs some work, uh, still needs some time off. So, yeah, that hasn't been the prettiest this season for Carolina. They're 5-10 and 10 right now. They've already been eliminated from playoff contention. So there's really nothing else that can really be hurt hurt here. Um, there's nothing else that could be done. I mean, they're already done for the season. So to kind of keep on the quarterback note, though, they've also placed backup quarterback P.J. Walker on the reserve cover this Wednesday. So he is unavailable if needed as well. So it's only the two guys. Sam Darnold, though. Starting earlier this season, has completed 59.4% of his passes, almost 60% for 1,986 yards, 7 touchdowns and 11 picks and 9 starts. Also didn't have one of the best games, though. Or, excuse me, did have one of his best games against the Saints in a Week 2 win, 26-7. And that afternoon, Sam Darnold was 26-38 of 38 of his passing with for a season-high 305 yards, 2 touchdowns to 1 pick. That was his probably his best game of the season and um yeah so and then we're also kind of sticking with sam sam darnold here is he's under a contract until 2022 18.585 million fully guaranteed after the panthers picked up his fifth year option so he will have one more season left with carolina uh, depending on if they want to keep him or not or move on to a new quarterback and kind of just start fresh like they did um you know kind of like when they got cam newton for you know first out of college but that'll kind of do it for that let's kind of move into his stats though kind of giving the reason why he'll be he'll probably be benched here but you know obviously because Darnold was hurt but then also just because how bad Newton's been I mean let's just kind of reflect last season he had eight touchdowns to 10 picks I believe it was on a couple thousand yards passing I think it was 2,000 yards passing this year since coming since week 10 he's 684 passing yards four to Touchdown interception ratio is four to five, so four touchdowns to five picks. This season against the Bucks, the most notable game, he had a 53.8 passer rating, 61 yards throwing. He threw one pick, no touchdowns, took three sacks. His quarterback rating was 37.3, and it was just abysmal. I mean, it's been bad since. And then you kind of move before that was the Bills, 156 yards passing. He had a one-to-one -one touchdown interception ratio, four sacks. It really hasn't been all that good. I mean, Washington was probably his best game. 77.8 pass, uh, um, completion percentage, I can't speak. 189 yards, two touchdowns, zero picks, one sack, 127.2 quarterback rating. It's probably his best game since coming back to this team. And I just overall think Cam Newton, um, as good as a, a good of a player as he was earlier on in his career, I think he's definitely done this year. I think he's just done in the NFL in general. I think he's may serve as a backup for maybe a couple more years. I mean, I really don't think he's going to get any more starts, though. I just 
I, I really don't know. Unless a team really, truly needs him, I don't see it happening. I think this is definitely it for Cam Newton and his career. Um, again, never never did win a Super Bowl. He did almost win one, though, in Super Bowl 50. But um, he was close, but no cigar at the end of the day. So, yeah, that was just kind of something I wanted to show you guys. Let's move on to the next thing here with playoff clinching scenarios for Week 17. So, yes, all the teams that can clinch Week 17, these are the scenarios for that to happen um, in this upcoming week. So, when you look at the AFC side of things, teams that already clinched really is just the Kansas City Chiefs. They won, they clinched playoffs as well as the AFC West Division title. They do get the Buffalo Bills, or excuse me, not them. The Buffalo Bills are the next team. They're 9-6 and six versus Atlanta this week, who is 7-8 and eight on the year, Sunday at 1 p.m. So the Bills can clinch the playoff berth with a Buffalo win. They actually have a lot of different scenarios where this can happen. It, it can happen with a whole bunch of, with a couple wins and a lot of different tie scenarios. The two win scenarios they have, though, is a Buffalo win with a Baltimore loss or, t- or tie, or coming in with a Buffalo win plus a Chargers loss or tie, plus a, Vag- plus a Raiders loss or tie. And then it just kind of goes into a whole bunch of different tie scenarios. Uh, I can let you guys get into those if you want. There's just too many to count. And again, I really am sorry if you guys still hear the echo. Can you guys give me some ideas down below as to why that may be happening? I really don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. Um, I'm, I'm just trying to – I don't know why it keeps echoing. I don't know if it's affecting the audio too much. But, um, yeah, I do apologize about that once again. But, yeah, this is just a lot of different scenarios. I'll let you guys get into that if you want. Next up is the Cincinnati Bengals. They're currently 9-6. and six. They get the Chiefs upcoming. The Bengals can clinch the AFC North title with a Cincinnati win a since, or a Cincinnati tie plus Baltimore loss or tie or Baltimore li- or a Baltimore loss plus Cleveland-Pittsburgh tie. So, I mean, really, Cincinnati kind of controls their own destiny here. Again, just a simple win, and, they're, and they win their title, and they win the division. So, I mean, that's really all they got to do. And if you, as long as you win, you don't have to worry about these last two. So, just a simple win. and But it's not going to be that easy because they get the Kansas City Chiefs. So, they may have to rely on the other two. Um, again, it could happen with a tie or a Baltimore loss or a tie. Or a Baltimore loss and a Cleveland pit tie. So, and that's kind of hard to really like. I mean, that would be the game to do it, but that's still kind of hard to bet on. There's a, it's, it's too hard to just completely bet on a on a tie. And then they could just simply clinch a playoff berth. So they have a couple opportunities here. They can clinch the division title with a win, or they can just simply clinch the playoff berth if they don't get that with a Cincinnati tie, plus a Charger loss, plus a Raiders loss, plus a Miami loss or tie or a Cincinnati tie, Charger loss, Vegas loss, New England loss, or a Cincinnati tie, Charger loss, Raider Raider tie, Miami loss or tie, plus a New England win. Uh, There's just a bunch of different scenarios for them too. I'll let you guys get into those. Uh, There is a note here saying that other clinching scenarios for Cincinnati that involve multiple tie games that that weren't posted about, so there are more, more than just that. Um, those are just kind of the ones that are just kind of just the easiest to kind of get out there. Next up is Indianapolis Colts. They get the Raiders, of course, this upcoming week, who are, they're also nine and six. 
Indianapolis could clinch a playoff berth with an Indianapolis, just a simple win um, or an Indianapolis tie or Baltimore loss plus New England loss or tie or an Indianapolis tie plus Baltimore loss plus Miami loss or tie. So just a couple different scenarios for there as well. Of course, Kansas City Chiefs are next. They're 11 and four. They get, the, of course, the Bengals, who are also nine and six. I already said that Kansas City clinches the AFC's number one seed, only first round by and home field advantage with a Kansas City win plus Tennessee loss or tie or a Kansas City tie plus Tennessee loss. So if the Kansas City Chiefs win and the Tennessee Titans lose, then they clinch the AFC, then they clinch the number one seed and they get it no matter what happens, which they'd get guaranteed. Now, New England's even got a chance. They get the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are 2 and 13. Patriots are 9 and 6. New England can clinch a playoff berth with a New England win plus a Miami loss or a tie, or a New England win plus a Raiders loss or a tie, or a New England tie plus Miami loss plus Vegas loss plus Chargers loss or a tie. Uh, there's a lot of different scenarios as well for them. Of course, New England also has multiple clinching scenarios as well with multiple tie games that could potentially happen more than what they're showing. Uh, I think the most logical thing to happen here is probably the Raiders loss uh, with a New England win, just because I think Miami's actually doing really good here down the stretch. And of course, we do also get them as well at the end of the year. And that's not a guaranteed game either because we haven't been playing that best either. So that's not a guarantee. Well, let's kind of see here. Okay, so moving on to the next team here is going to be the Tennessee Titans, who are currently 10-5 and five on the year, getting Miami. Mm, Tennessee can clinch the AFC South Division title with a Tennessee win or an Indianapolis loss or a Tennessee tie plus Indianapolis tie. They can also just regularly clinch a playoff berth with a, ten with a Tennessee tie or Chargers loss or tie plus Baltimore loss or tie or a Chargers loss or a tie plus a New England loss or a tie, or a Baltimore loss or a tie plus a New England loss or a tie. Going on to the NFC side, um, of course, already clinches the Cowboys. They won. They already won the AFC, NFC East Division title, Packers, NFC North Division title, Bucks, NFC South Division title, Cardinals, playoff berth, and Rams playoff berth already. Packers, they can clinch the number one seed, with a Green Bay win plus a Dallas loss or tie, Green Bay tie plus Dallas loss plus Rams loss plus Bucks loss or tie, or a Green Bay tie plus Dallas loss plus Ram loss plus Bucks loss. That last one seems kind of tough to happen just because how all teams are playing. Rams, they're the next team here. They're eleven and four. They get the Baltimore Ravens. They can clinch the NFC West division title with a Rams win plus a Cardinals loss or tie or a Rams tie plus a Cardinals loss. Moving on to the next team here is the Eagles. Is it Philadelphia Eagles, who are 8-7. and seven. They get the Washington football team at 6-9. and nine. The Philadelphia Eagles can clinch a playoff berth with a Philly win, Miami loss, or tie, or, New England, or plus a New Orleans Saints loss or tie, a Philly win plus a Vikings loss or tie, plus a giant, I can't speak, plus a 49ers win or tie, and of course, different scenarios as well. Too many to count, or too many to kind of go over. Next thing here, next team here is the 49ers. They're eight and seven. They get the Texans. They can clinch a playoff berth with a win, plus a Saints loss or tie, or a 
or a 49ers tie plus a Vikings loss or tie plus a Saints loss plus Atlanta loss or tie. And that's just kind of it for playoff scenarios this week. We could be seeing a lot more teams clinch, and we probably will because I doubt a lot of those teams are going to lose. Moving on to the next thing here that we have on our agenda is with the Kansas City Chiefs. So, of course, last week, Travis Kelsey missed Christmas Day's game because of, or was it Christmas Day? I don't remember. I think it was either that or Sunday. But either way, they lost Travis Kelsey, and now they get him back. So Pat Mahomes is getting his tight end back for Week 17. Andy Reid said that tight end Travis Kelsey was activated from the reserve COVID list on and practiced on Wednesday. Kelsey missed Kansas City's Week 16 win over the Steelers after being placed on the reserve COVID list earlier this week. Chiefs activated Kelsey with the belief he'd be clear COVID protocols in time for the game, but he ultimately did not, forcing him out of action for that game. Of course, they didn't really need him after the 36-10 win. Didn't really prove that they needed him at all in that game. So that is definitely big to have him back. And then you move on to the next game here is going to be with the Broncos. As they were starting quarterback Drew Locke, as he is expected to get the start versus the Chargers as Teddy Bridgewater with his concussion remains out and will most likely be out for the remainder of the season. I bet willing to bet Drew Locke will probably be the starter for the uh, last couple games here. So the Broncos get the Chargers this upcoming week, and there's also playoff implications here because they have mathematically their playoff hopes here. And um, they'll have to be relying on quarterback Drew Locke, who could prove to be, you know, who could prove to potentially get a start or get the starter spot next year if he has a big couple weeks here going down the stretch. So, yeah, with Teddy Bridgewater recovering from his concussion still will be pre- will be preventing him from playing against the Chargers this week as they're again as they are again expected to turn to Drew Locke insider Ian Rappaport did report Wednesday sorry I'm having a hard time speaking today get a lot of tongue twisters whenever I speak um too fast at a time so that is my fault but yeah so Drew Locke is expected to make the start again playoff implications on the line here Moving on to the next thing here is going to be with the Jets as their own head coach, Robert Sala, has returned from COVID protocols, ready to welcome back a dozen-plus Jet players as well from the reserve COVID list. So, yeah, they were also one of the teams that got hit hard, just like plenty of other teams. And uh, as of Robert Sala is expected to be coming out of COVID protocols as well as a bunch of different players late in the season. So without Sala, the Jets took down the Jaguars 26-21, and now that he's returned, they're ready to fly this plane through the month of May. Um, potentially. We'll see. Robert Sala goes on to say, quote, it's like the first day of school, end quote, kind of coming back from coming back from pro- COVID protocols. Uh, again, so they've kind of said earlier this week, kind of going into last week as well, that it's been more of the asymptomatic players that say that, you know, that hasn't really made that hasn't really caused concern for the entire league it's been obviously the players that have had symptoms uh, and then of course they moved it from the date from the 10 days to five days making it possible for players to return if they get it earlier in the week robert sala told reporters wednesday when he came back that quarterback joe flacco tight end kenny yaboa cornerbacks michael carter the second lamar jackson 
um, and Lamar Jackson, defensive lineman John Marshall, Tanzel Smart, and Fogi Fadukasi, linebackers Noah Dawkins and Hamza Nazardine are returning from the reserve COVID list. Salah said the Jets are hopeful they'll also get Vincent Smith, Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, Elijah Vera Tucker, John Franklin Myers, Ashton Davis, and Hamilcar Rashid Jr. back from the reserve COVID list as well. So they have a lot of players coming back, but they also have a couple of players that they would like to have return as well. Moving on to the final thing that we have to talk about here is the Vikings are going to be very, very happy as they are getting Delvin Cook back, who's kind of been on and off this season, um, whether it was with injury or just other related things. I think he was, I think he was definitely on and off this year. Uh, but yeah, so they're activating him off the reserve COVID list, placing wide receiver Adam Thielen also on the injured reserve. So one guy in, one guy out. So the Vikings once again will be getting uh, Delvin Cook back against the Packers on Sunday Night Football. They won't be 100% though, but they'll be fighting for a potential playoff spot as well. So yeah, Delvin Cook coming back off the reserve COVID list Wednesday, being also placing wide receiver Adam Thielen on the list. That was also really huge, but he's going on because of an ankle injury that required surgery per Tom Pelissero. Delvin Cook is un- was unvaccinated, so he was placed on the reserve list last week. Had to be on it for the 10 days because he tested positive before the change of the status. But um, anyway... <laughs> Guys, that is going to do it for today's episode of the Full Covid Sports Show. I really hope you guys did enjoy. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week going into the weekend. Again, if you guys could leave a rating review of the show wherever you get your podcast, though, that would be much appreciated. As well as just kind of, you know, as well as just kind of sharing it around, it helps let me know if you guys enjoy the episodes. As well as just kind of, you know, getting the episodes out there as well for other people on different platforms. Again, though, I really am sorry about this microphone. I'm hopefully towards the end here. I kind of moved it a lot farther back, so I hope that did definitely help. Um, I am sorry about that, though. So, but anyway, though, I'll see you guys next time in a couple days when we do over-under for week 17, a crucial week 17 at that. Hope you guys have a good one. I'll see you guys later.